Okay, you said, hang on, hang on, hang on, right when I hit record. So it's fucking hot, man. Can I just say it's fucking hot? At least it's not raining. Uh, okay. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, you know, this is an appropriate intro for this one. We had a really good time. Um, we know you will too. And this is one of those things where it might actually be powerful you for you to click over to YouTube and watch the video. Um, the the audio is great. Like if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, great. Or Spotify. When you're done listening to it all the way through, go back and watch the video and please subscribe and then also comment and let us know what you thought. Leave a rating. Yeah. Um, hey, just out of curiosity, how did how was it for you to connect with an animation? I had thoughts about it while it was happening that were um, well contained and didn't interfere with the the connection process. But, you know, I, I really enjoyed myself. I thought um, they I'm going to use the word they had a lot <laughs> had a lot of fun things to say and. Um, you know, it, it was just this the, this side of of talking to an AI on a podcast because instead of it, you know, it was automated generated movement, but not automated generate intelligence. So that was a relief. Uh, I think if it had been an AI, I bet who knows? Um, you know, uh, we've been asking Art, our producer, to book one of those AI sexy companion bots on the show, but so far we haven't had any luck. But maybe sometime soon we'll we'll do a podcast with one of those, you know, girly AI things that have been prowling around and uh, trying to get us all, all us men to lo- like log into them. And send them money. And we'll end up sending them $260 and we'll be like, ah. You know, it's not necessary for you to be quite so close. Um, no, is it just I popping? It. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every man's dream. All right, so yeah, me blowing them. <laughs> so fuzzy. All right, so here we go. Welcome to episode whatever with the blue cat. Sis, hello. Eleven, 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 eleven. Two outlaws on the lam, taking the back roads through America. You can't drink enough coffee for this show. <laughs> and now it's time for Monday Madness with the Moped Outlaws, Greg and Mark. And we're live with another episode of Moped Outlaws with your co-hosts, Mark Wendt, Greg Wilson. And today we have special guests. Hey, before I go into the special guests, subscribe, like, give a review. We appreciate all that support. And now, without further introduction, we introduce our first animated character, the blue cat, Bob (laughs) Lament. Yeah, blue cat. Yeah, how's it Bob going, guys? Lament? Is it lemons or lament? Uh, lament, but you could say lemons. It sounds like lemon with a T, but that's all right. Awesome. Well, it's <laughs> great to meet you. Um, I was reading about you today, and uh, circumstances I'm being sorry. what they were, <laughs> I did not get to do as much prep as I usually do, which means it's going to be more off the cuff. <laughs> that's but fine. You, you've made some movies, I see. Uh oh yeah, this and that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. All right, so I have a question. What is the impetus for keeping yourself animated? Uh, well, this actually came about about I guess I guess it's been almost three years now. So I've always wanted to. Uh, take what we normally do and animate it. And I figured out a way to do that about three years ago. And then, um, uh, but it's really, it, 
Actually, I've got it set up now for the live thing. It works really good, but unfortunately, my co-host, uh, he can't do this. He doesn't know how to do it, and we're not within, like, we're not neighbors or anything. We're a couple hours away from each other, and there's no way that I could talk him through it over the phone or anything, and so I uh, uh, got tired of doing the animated thing because if you do it after the fact, it's a lot of work, and then now I've adapted it to be... Uh, you know, to do guesting things and whatnot. I thought, oh, this is kind of fun, but uh, it works for me, but it's it's hard to do it with two people, um, especially when one of them is not technically uh, adept. Does that sound too terrible? I don't want to sound bad, but... No, you know, it's, it's, it's everybody's got different skills, right? So, right. And your creativity is beautiful and it's amazing. And, you know, it, we can't all walk through the celluloid portal like Roger Rabbit. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I wish it was more cool world, but, uh, that's okay. We'll take Roger Rabbit as well. Yeah. Cool. You're world. familiar with cool world at all. Oh yeah. That was a great one for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, so have you found that doing this frees you up to do things as a character that you may not be able to do as a real person? <laughs> uh, as a whole, yes, because in a way, I mean, uh, once you kind of bridge the gap between uh, – your private space and public space, you, you kind of become a character anyway. I mean, in, in a lot of regards, cause, uh, I always say that, uh, you know, uh, when I'm doing things like this, it's a heightened version of myself. So I really am a character. And then whenever I retreat back to my private, uh, world, uh, you know, I'm a much more uh, subdued person. I always uh, joke with folks who ask me, I'm like, if you met me on the street after talking to me in this uh, environment, you would be like, that's not the same person. So, uh, yeah, I would say to answer your question, yes. But it was a little bit longer. All right. All right. <laughs> okay, we're well, done. <laughs> well, no, uh, the- that's all right. <laughs> One of the interesting things that is uh, said by Bob the fireman um, in his alter ego as a uh, actor is that we're all characters. Um, mm-hmm. God, what's his name? Who's Bob the Drew Carey? Oh, right. Drew, Drew Carey. Carey said no. that. No, Jim Carey. Jim Carey. Oh, That's he it. was the. Oh, you mean Fire Marshal Bill? Fire Marshal Bill. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Jim says that he inhabits himself. Even Jim Carrey is a character. Mm-hmm. And then there's this aspect of the ego kind of, we create these personas and that our, mm-hmm. our truer selves are not separate or isolated at all. So in a sense, you've just taken that to a new level. Right. Yeah. I mean, some people might call it coding. If you're in certain situations, you code uh, to the situation. So like if you happen to be at a, barbecue and everybody's talking about uh, cars or something, then you just give your car knowledge, even though maybe you don't even give a crap about cars or in you guys' uh, you know, mopeds, whatever the case may be. Right. And so, yeah, and, and, but then for this, you're, you're doing it, you know, uh, a little more for entertainment. So you kind of pull out the entertainment aspects of your personality and put them out, uh, you know, put them forward. Yeah. So maybe, you know, it'll be a little so fun. So I'm inhabiting the, the pod host version of my There you go. Right. The pod guy. Yeah. And uh, thank God it's not like Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, my God. You know, do you watch those things? I cannot stomach uh, watching <laughs> no, that show. No, I don't. I don't watch that. There is a show about pimple popping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. did not need to know that. The weird yep. thing is... If it's my own, I'm perfectly comfortable. When it gets to be other people's and it gets to be, like, uh, monstrous, I'm not comfortable with that at all. That's yeah, anything like- over two ounces and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you weigh your uh, expulsion of pimples? or uh... Oh, that's gross. Come on, guys. Let's change the subject. How about saliva? Do you save it for the year and, like, this is my yearly output for uh, – Sebum or whatever. Are you guys comfortable swapping saliva? 
with with, with my girlfriends, not with him, <laughs> not with a, with an animated cat. My got a hairball. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. So, have you found limitations in being an animated character? Are there times where you feel like it's stifling? Well, I can't move my arms very easily uh, because uh, I can if I would memorize the keyboard uh, shortcuts, but I haven't yet. And then I also try to focus on what I'm talking about so I don't push buttons accidentally and mess everything up. So that's one of them. And the fact that I can move side to side to side, but front and back is a little bit, uh, it doesn't work too well in a two-dimensional world here. So, Yeah. That's a lot of vector calcs to go front. Yeah, back. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there's and a can, trophy. You know, I can move over here. <laughs> I can move over here. I can, I can raise my eyebrows. You know, hey. All right. So the, you have to animate your eyebrows. I can. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Eyebrow. see. Right. Okay. But it's actually uh, looking at my face and mimicking my facial moves. The only thing is, I can't wink or anything it just blinks it doesn't wink so all right so staticradio.com is the your site yeah and do you guys have a mission statement or some sort of cornerstone <laughs> to a mission statement um uh, no mission statement basically we just come uh we try to you know have something funny to say each time we do a show, uh, if possible. And if we can't make it funny, we make it weird uh, or strange. And uh, that's kind of the whole the whole bit. I, I I say at this point now, it's a 24-year conversation with a friend of mine. Uh, and each week we record a show and uh, tell each other something that's happened. Uh, typically, most all stories are first person so it happened to either one of us uh every once in a while you know stuff is tangential but not very often so you know all these kind of weird things happen uh as you go through life and it's just kind of a amalgam of uh all those things and obviously we try to pick the funny ones sometimes they're sad to be honest with you but it's funny uh after the fact so well, yeah, that's the human condition right there, right? right. A lot of comedies based on pain or, or yeah, something. Yeah, there's been a lot of pain sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. Was it painful, and, you know, did you go through a painful tr- physical process becoming 2D? I mean, how do no, you make no, your organs been really function? Easy. <laughs> this has been real easy, actually, once I got it all figured out, but uh, it's not been too bad. I mean, the like I said, the two-dimensional aspect's the hardest part. And do you change colors ever? Do you or do you no. wake up some days and want to be purple? Mm-mm. I don't know why this blue got picked, but it did. And I, I, I don't know. I kind of dig it. It's kind it's of a Tiffany weird. Tiffany blue, man. It's very yeah, it's, on brand. It, it looks yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. But yeah, you're a Tiffany, Tiffany brand. Blue. That's, you know. You're, yeah. You're I should get it. a collar with the logo or something on it. Well, and for those of you that are listening only. You should really go over to our YouTube and like and subscribe because you're missing out on this episode for sure. Yeah, yeah you're missing the blue cat. Uh, the blue cat. Blue cat with the green striped shirt. I, I think I have shirts like this for real at home here. So, so do you find that there's a competitive nature with other animated cats like Felix or Garfield? Mm, not so much, you know. Uh, I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, they're obviously, those guys are obviously very popular. It would be lovely to be somewhat popular, I suppose. But uh, I hadn't really, uh, I hadn't really compared myself to those yet. But, you know, their shtick is a little bit different. Mine's mostly a verbal kind of shtick as opposed to uh, physical. So, I mean, maybe if I got into the physical part of it, maybe it would be a little more thinking about it a little bit more, but I would say if I had to be uh, compared, I would probably compare myself to Tom from Tom and Jerry. Because, okay. So how but, long static so been stupid. on the air? How long um, is static? We'll, uh, we'll be 24 years. This, yeah, we're, we're finishing. We'll be in 24 years right now. So 25 in, in January. So was it radio prior to that? Yeah. So the whole thing started, uh, Miles and I, uh, 
were in uh, college radio together. And so we uh, did uh, college radio for several years in college, oddly enough. And we kind of had a thing that we did uh, that's very similar to what it is now. After college got over with, I'm like, um, you know, hey, we want to keep doing this. So we came up with the with this back in uh, 1998 and uh, put it online and uh, really in earnest in uh, January 99 uh, did a weekly show and we've pretty much been doing it ever since. Was That's it so an actual cool. podcast format in 99? There was no podcasting. This was all pre-podcasting. That's that's essentially why it's, it was originally called Static Internet Radio, and because that's what everybody would were calling whatever you were doing <laughs> at that time. And then, yeah, so we we were doing it for about five years, and then podcasting uh, got coined, and um, uh, and then essentially it was a podcast because that's what everybody was calling everything at that point. And yeah, it's been we've been through you know all the ups and downs of podcasting. This is the uh, probably the I would say the third surgence, resurgence. I don't know what you want to call it, but of podcasting. So the first one was in 2004, and then around 2011, and then now it's it's stronger than ever. Uh, 2004 and 2011, it was just a bunch of nerds doing podcasting, and then. <laughs> Now all the cool kids have come on and like you guys are doing it and other people are doing it. So it's, it certainly is. People understand what the word means now. It's not just, uh, you know, everybody before like, are you talking about an iPod? No. It's so what you listen to on your iPod. In, in the early days in 99, it was like you had to format it for Winamp, right? Or something like that. Mm. Yeah. So that was the thing. There wasn't even MP3. Uh, at that point, we uh, the reason that we were able to do it was because I had access to something called Real Audio, yeah. Um, yeah. and I had a Real Audio server access that um, I had, and so we did everything in Real Audio for the first year or so, and then MP3 came along, and we transitioned to doing MP3s, and then podcasting came into existence based off of that, and. And so forth. But yeah, you can listen to it on Winamp or you could just basically download a file uh, and listen to it. Um, there wasn't browser. really streaming. I mean, we could stream with real audio, but, no. you know, people really didn't do that back then. No. So not, so not until the uh, Tommy Lee tape came out. <laughs> yeah. yeah then that was yeah that was kind of a big uh, uh that was a big moment point in history in right a big no, moment just, in the evolution of internet video I, you know I, the funny thing uh, is they always say if you want to see where media is going look to the porn industry yeah that's real definitely yeah. drove the internet media thing uh -huh. so when napster came out did you jump on to that when that first hit well, actually, part of the reason the the show is the way it is is because of Napster. So Napster was happening at the time we started doing this. We were going to just repeat our college show, which means we were going to play mu music. And then in between, you know, songs, we would chit and chat and what have you. But because of Napster, we never did play the music because we didn't want to get, you know, hit with any... Because uh, they were like suing everybody's grandma back then, yeah, a hundred thousand dollars an infraction, and so we just dropped all the music and and stuck with the the bits. You missed out on an opportunity to meet Lars Ulrich in right. court. Yeah, in court, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'm glad I missed up uh, messed up, you know missed that one. I don't really want to go in court with those guys. Yeah, so I got some cash. Your, have you and your partner? created a viable business with static radio do you have a revenue no i would i would say no uh not because of the fact that you can't i think more along the lines of the fact that we're both incredibly lazy and uh so the it, it's everything that we have to just keep doing it every week let alone trying to get uh, advertisers and stuff. Nowadays, it's a, a lot easier. I mean, you could, uh, and I've been, you know, deciding if I want to join the Spotify, you know, uh, ranks or uh, Bean Sprout or whatever uh, the other ones are. 
Um, but whenever we started, there wasn't anything like that. You basically had to go get your own uh, advertisers. For a short time, we were on a thing called Mevio.com. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, that was Adam Curry's podcasting uh, company. Okay. Uh, and so we had our show on there for a while. And so um, with that, there was a little bit of money. But, you know, Curry kept most of it. Uh, it he wasn't like handing out a lot of money at that time. Uh, but then that all ended. Uh, I think it got bought out by somebody and they just kind of, you know, changed directions. And so we weren't part of that anymore. But um, uh, I think that the the possibility is certainly there for folks, but you know, um, I, I certainly, I don't think I would want to make it my day job right out of the gate. Uh, so, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah. You'd have to live off cat food, right? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm already eating cheap, but it's more expensive than you think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are you? I can eat for about 50 cents a dinner. What are you up what? to in terms of life beyond static radio? Uh, so I don't really, uh, we rarely talk about our, our work. It's always uh, revolves around our personal stuff, uh, which, uh, I mean, both of them are kind of interesting for, for both of us, but we rarely ever talk about it. I basically have a government job, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, and I suggest anybody who can get one, go out and apply. So, uh, but it doesn't, um, you know, it's not. Fairly, it's not very entertaining um, for the most part. It's probably more filled with frustration uh, than anything. <laughs> well, yeah, those are the problems that are, are people have to solve and not necessarily want to solve, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, but I, I don't really. Uh, if I talk about work, it's usually uh, via some other thing. So I have to travel quite a bit. Uh, well, I have not. There are times I have to travel this last few years. I haven't because of COVID, but uh, in the in the past I've traveled. And so I thought I have a lot of travel stories and weird stuff uh, that happens. Like I just had to travel recently and um, a lady just came into my room. Uh, it was locked. The door was shut. I was thankfully I was just uh, answering emails. Uh, and the next thing I know, my door flings open and there's this little tiny woman standing there. And was she a cleaning person or she didn't ever, I said hello. And and she just looked shocked and like, we just stared at each other for probably about 15 seconds. And then she slept the door and left. I don't know who she was. <laughs> she was a leprechaun. <laughs> she didn't have a, like a uniform on. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird experience. That is yeah. weird. So I had that happen to me in a hotel in Milan. Oh, really? Yeah. Unfortunately, I, was, I wasn't in Milan, but yeah, um, <laughs> I was up late because I'd been I'd left. Oh, they open it at night. Oh, my. Right. Hotels are open at night. It's true. No, no. I mean, in your room. I mean, late at night in your room. Goodness. It was more like a knock on the door at mm -hmm. one in the morning, Milan time. And I opened the door and there was this statuesque, stunning woman dressed in the most sexy clothes you could imagine for an Italian woman at one in the morning in Milan. And she said, <laughs> Mr. So-and-so. And I said, uh, no. And she said, is this room blah, blah, blah. And I said, um, actually, no. I oh, you said the wrong thing. The apparently. <laughs> and I was like, if only I'd said yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was just I, was, I was married. So I was, I said no for very specific oh, reasons. Oh my gosh. And I don't regret it. I still have my honor and integrity in, but oh my God, that you know, when you think about like, how did things, she get in the door? Did she have a key? She knocked. I knocked. Oh, she, she knocked. knocked and you answered. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I, I guess I missed that part. That's the kind of government job I had. No, I'm just <laughs> um, You know, most people don't bother. We say this to firemen and we say this to people who are in the armed services, but you know what? Thank you for your service, Bob. Oh, I'm not in the, uh, the, I know, the I know. army you're, or anything. I'm just no, doing still, paper you're, pushing. You're, <laughs> you're doing public service. You're helping us all. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're helping us all You know, navigate life uh, through the U.S. Oh, government. well, hey, there you go. So I'll, 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 I need to put that on my desk. I'm, don't bother me. I'm helping people navigate life. Can you tell us what branch of the government you work for? Uh, he can, but he'd have to I, kill us. 
<laughs> no, it's the state government, so it's not federal. So oh, okay, so you work for what state? Uh, in in Missouri. All right. Or misery, depending on where you're from. So, so what yeah. are your responsibilities? Oh, I, I don't want to go into that. That'll be that'll hone in a little too close. Potentially, he signed, he signed an NDA. Plus, it's probably not as entertaining <laughs> as the whole blue cat thing. But, no, um, no, it's not. It's pretty. It's very boring stuff. When you're not doing talk radio and you're not um, working, do you play sports? Do you play music? Do you like? I know you did some movies, and you sort of skipped over. Yeah. So yeah. Um, no, yeah. So uh, I try. This is kind of my creative outlet because in. My work, it's not super creative. You're really hemmed in by a lot of rules and regulations and so forth. And so um, you can't do too much that anyone would be, you know, consider creative. Uh, I, I guess maybe picking the blue color is about as creative as you can get uh, with that. But no, so the weird thing is uh, Miles and I both went to film school together. And so we... Um, uh, have made a couple of you know things over time. I've done my own. He's done his own, and we've done stuff together, uh, just short things and so forth uh, over the years. And we have an idea, and then uh, we'll uh, you know move it forward and so forth, um, depending on how you know. Like I said we're really lazy, so it kind of depends on whatever else is going on. And uh, so those are the creative things I do most of the time is stuff like that. We've made a spoofy, uh, you know, one of those ghost shows. Uh, I like to think of it as the anti-ghost show. We have a thing called Tri-State Ghost Patrol uh, that we did. I'm just, eventually, we'll do another one. But uh, basically, the premise of it was uh, we found a restaurant uh, between the two of us because we live a few hours apart. We, we randomly picked a restaurant, met there, and then assumed it was haunted and did a whole little sticky kind of thing with the uh, meters and, and you know, talking to ghosts and all that kind of stuff. And so it's it really silly. It's a short thing, but uh, it was fun to do. And I thought we would probably do more, but we haven't, uh, we haven't got another edition of that yet. But, um, you know, we but we both uh, had uh, have experience at uh, have a degree actually for for filmmaking, and so we do uh, stuff like that. Um, I have we both had kids, and so there's probably more things about my kids uh, that I made than anything else, which aren't uh, uh, publicly available. <laughs> uh, but I would you know make little uh, short movies with my children. Um, when they were kids and, and, um, you know, and then this, you know, static radio is a hobby, uh, as well. And, and doing all kinds of stuff with that. So everything kind of spins off of that. We do like we did the animated thing we've done. Um, you know, we, we rarely ever record together, which I think is funny. I don't know how far apart you guys are as far as distance, but, uh, it seems like every time we come together, we never do static radio stuff. We always do something else. So, it uh, it just happens that way. Uh, it's kind of weird now that I think about it. You think we would record something, but we never do. Um, well, that's one of the beauties of our current technological landscape. Um, yeah. What what yeah. movies are you into? Like, have you taken your family to see Barbie yet? I haven't um, gone to see Barbie. Actually, the weird thing is COVID is kind of. I used to be a very big. Um, go to the movies person and my children hate me because um, I remember uh, seeing all these movies. So, I mean, you name any movie over the last, you know, 30 years. Like, oh yeah. I remember going to see that. I went to this theater and I went, you know, with your mom or I went with a friend of mine or whatever. But since COVID, I kind of, I haven't been really that much. I don't think I've been at all. And so uh, plus the fact that the, um, we got this huge television at home really, you know, makes a difference. <laughs> if you yeah. can sit, if you can sit in front of a huge TV, you don't need all the screen and everything. But, uh, I pretty much like, um, I'd say my, well, the funny thing is uh, miles and I are very different, uh, in taste. And so I kind of like, I'd be more Oppenheimer than Barbie, even though I will watch Barbie whenever I get around to it. Uh, but probably more an Oppenheimer kind of guy at the, at the current time. 
I like action, uh, comedy, sci-fi, that kind of stuff. Mostly dramas, I'll watch them, uh, but I'm not. I don't gravitate towards that because you know, I always like to look at these things as escapist uh, yeah, entertainment. So, and so, if it's not going to take me out of something, then uh, I'm not quite as interested. If you could watch right now, you could pick between Indiana Jones Five and Oppenheimer. Which one would you watch? Oh, that's a good uh, question. Uh, just depending, if it depends how, how we phrase this. So if I, based on reviews, Oppenheimer, okay, uh, so based you on got my, your, you got your channel changer right in front and you've got yeah. pick either one, you're going with Oppenheimer. I would go with Oppenheimer based currently on that. It, my heart, though, I'd go with the uh, Indian Jones because I, I was – you know, I was young, and I, I can tell you, I went to the Avon Theater in Decatur, Illinois, and saw Indiana Jones in 1982, and uh, it was a, a fantastic uh, movie that was, you know, I still, the crazy thing, last time Miles visited my, at my house, we watched Indiana Jones, the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which I love to say that say Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, which does not have anything to do with the real title when it came out. It was just called Raiders of the Lost Ark, folks. Yeah, that's Just right. So you know, they're changing yeah. history. You know, that's, that's, that's a Lucas thing. <laughs> well, yeah. I've heard that. Uh, anyway, that gets into a whole different realm. So, um, <laughs> what, what were you going to say? <laughs> not, you know, there's people who believe our timeline is shifting all the time. So. Oh, is this like a, a, a Mandela? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Oh, you, you know, you were drawn to the paranormal. You know, even to make fun of it, there was some element. Yeah. Oh, no, I love that. it. I think those things are great fun. So what do you think of this Mandela effect? Uh, I, th- You know, the weird thing is there's probably there's something to it because there's so many examples. Some of the examples aren't as good as others. Uh, the one that always gets me um, thinking is Berenstain Bears because uh, ah. I remember it. Vividly as a child, and it wasn't spelt the same way as they'd say now. Yeah, uh, Berenstein Bears, and um, you know that was. And then I also thought Mandela died a long time ago, and then he was alive. So that was another weird one because it brings around the whole idea of the name. But um, you know, some of them they're a little loose. Uh, unfortunately, once something like that kind of breaks into culture. Everybody wants to tack something onto it, and then it gets a little bit ragged. Um, but I, there's something to it. I, you know, I actually have a, a, actually a fellow podcaster, if you will, an early podcaster. I've known him since 2000 when he when there was you know before the podcasting term. Uh, Frank uh, Nora uh, thinks he lost a year. Like he was going through a year and it changed and his timeline changed and so forth. He talks about it. You can listen to it. His uh, show is the overnight scape, but he's a, he's an interesting fella. And um, I think it was 2009. He said something happened and it felt like the wrong, it felt like he redid it. He did it twice. Like his memory of 2009 did not coincide with history's 2009. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, his show, he talks about it quite extensively a couple of times. And it's like, you know, it's like he felt weird. And next thing you know, he's thinking back. And he's like, this isn't the same year that I remember. And it was all the things had changed for him. So it was, it's kind of interesting. I, he's not a um, he's an interesting person and, uh, you know, not prone to. You know, just making uh, things up out of whole cloth like that. It's, you know, especially just that one thing. It doesn't make any sense to do that. I mean, uh, if, if that were the case, he'd make all kinds of stuff up. But, um, yeah, I, I think there is something to it. Um, what it is, I don't know. Um, I don't really have much of a theory for it other than maybe we are switching through time. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I haven't noticed anything in my life that I feel like has uh, changed drastically uh, unless I talk to my mother, which, you know, she'll say I had a, the idyllic childhood and all the things that I talk about didn't happen. So, <laughs> Well, the Bearstein Bears one for me is where I go, okay, there's, mm-hmm. there's something to this. Yeah. that w- it, I don't know why. That one specifically uh, – 
stands out because I can, I mean, I can vividly remember the books. Right. And I'm exactly. like, yeah. you know, that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, hit right. And, and why would they change the t- title spelling? Why would that? Right. Yeah. 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 But as we go forward, like the Indiana Jones example, now all these kids. So, you know, you get kids uh, who got Disney Plus and they're watching Disney Plus And it's like it's Star Wars A New Hope. Again, it wasn't. It was just called Star Wars. I remember going to see it <laughs> like probably five times uh, during that uh, time period uh, at I, the Rogers I, Theater. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that one to me isn't as Candlestein as, as because when the series started you know when chapters 1 2 and 3 came out mm-hmm. then it made sense to sort of change the title to reflect the series from beginning to end sure sure it, i think the only only weird issue is just that you know uh people who come into it later they're like they just refer to it that way and it, right and and so it's just a little bit like, well, yeah, you know, but it wasn't quite, you know, that. So, yeah. So, um, have you personally had an experience with the paranormal where uh, you experienced something that couldn't be explained with physical science? I have. Uh, I'll give you the quick version of it. So in 2020, uh, this isn't the paranormal part. My house burnt down. Uh, because of an electrical fire and uh, we had to live in a rental house for a year and within like the first I don't know maybe three or four days of being at the rental house uh, we basically had nothing in the house we literally arrived at the rental with nothing uh, and Amazon dropped off beds and mattresses and I put them all together and, and, uh, and everything and so uh, that within the first few nights, I wake up in the middle of the night and I see this big uh, sh- per- shadow of a person. Uh, it seemed to me when I woke up that they were in the window uh, and I thought it was somebody outside the window. And we, we had moved in, uh, you know, we're displaced and we uh, moved into this neighborhood uh, it was really a you know single family homes. It just happens to have a few rental houses in it. So we had this kind of. It was a very nice neighbor, but he was just kind of creepy to me. And I thought in my head, I thought, oh, this creepy neighbor is looking in our window <laughs> while we're sleeping. It's about three o'clock in the morning. Well, uh, I get up, and then later the next day, my son uh, who was with us said this shadow came into his room and tried to grab his leg. And he described it to me, and it was the same night that I had seen this thing. He and I saw a shadow person Wow! in the house. Now, the weird thing is this house is built in the 90s. It's not an old house. It's a, your run-of-the-mill, you know, uh, uh, cul-de-sac neighborhood kind of house. And but the other thing that happened, so he and I were the only ones that ever saw it. And then he saw it again uh, walking through the kitchen one night because he was, uh, you know, a teenager and and um, uh, was staying up all night playing Xbox and whatnot. Right, right. And um, uh, I never did see it again, um, but he did. And he told me about it. Now, at the time, I did not acknowledge to him that I saw this thing in the by the window. Because we had to live there for a year. We're already homeless. And so I can't, I got to be, you know, um, the uh, responsible father. And I go, well, I don't know, but I don't think maybe you were just dreaming or you're sleeping. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we saw this thing. (laughs) (laughs) And it tried to grab your leg. It tried to grab your leg. Holy moly. I got to keep track of this. So I, I told my wife the same thing, you know, and then. Just to keep everybody, because we're already discombobulated, right? right? So, and isn't this amidst like COVID lockdown twenty twenty? Uh, before, so this would have been just before uh, we went into lockdown. So it was late twenty nineteen, early twenty twenty. So, uh, uh, so then, um, so then uh, the weird thing was we got a, ended up getting a dog because we had animals and they all died. But I won't get 
too uh, <laughs> sad about all this, but they all died in the fire. Way to, and, bring, uh, yeah, down, way to bring it down, yeah. cat boy. The, um, uh, so we ended up getting that dog, and then uh, we had this big oh, – the basement wasn't finished. It was just this big open basement. The dog would not go in the corner of this basement. Wow. Even though he would run around and play down there, he would we throw the ball down there because you know it was kind of like uh, it was fun because it bounced all over the place. There's nothing down there, right. and uh, but he wouldn't go in this one corner. And then uh, everybody heard noises in the basement. There's nothing in the basement. Literally, it's totally empty. Noises in the basement the whole time we we uh, were living there. Uh, but then he and I never did see the. Uh, uh, he saw the shadow a couple more times, but then it settled down after that. But the weird thing is, uh, and I, I can't, I haven't talked to these people, but the year before we lived there, the people lived there a year. They left the year after we lived there. The, they uh, sold the house, and the people lived there for a year and left. Wow. All so right. over the course of three years, uh, and I, it was a purchased home after we left. We went out in the owners decided just to get rid of it. And, um, yeah, it was weird. It was a weird experience. And, um, but, uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to think of it, but it was at the time I didn't think what I was seeing, I thought was the creepy neighbor, but it probably wasn't, uh, it didn't make a lot of sense, uh, because it wasn't like there was a big light outside to put a shadow on the window. Um, and then with my son's experience combined, it's like, oh, hey, we had some kind of weird happenstance. Are you, are you like, aware of any proximity to an indigenous culture? Like, are you near <laughs> right, a older right. no, guy uh, scenario? Mm-mm. No, the um, the uh, it was built in a cornfield. So, I mean, as as close to any indigenous tribe that walked across to get water somewhere, maybe that's about it. Got hmm. it. Yeah, it, you know, it was just a farmland that got turned into housing, uh, which you see in a lot of, or, you know, suburban sprawl. Right. But a newer so house, speaking, and so, yeah, it was weird. Speaking of other paranormal things, do you have kind of a spiritual practice in your family? Do you guys have a, a religion that you follow? Uh, not real. I mean, we've, uh, I grew up very religious, I suppose. Not very religious, but somewhat religious as religious as the next guy, uh, you know, but, uh, my wife, not so much. And so we, you know, when the, you know, the kids would do, uh, stuff in conjunction with the church and so forth when they were smaller, but then as they got older, we, we didn't have much to do with it. So, and so um, how do you relate to that now? Like, do you have a vision of heaven? You know, it's a good question. I don't know. I I always feel, and I've kind of witnessed uh, as my relatives have got older, you know, people seem to get closer to God the closer they get to death. Um, And so I'm wondering if that's going to happen to me as well. Uh, But I don't know. Uh, You, I would say, um, I would hope that there is something um, and I, and just like everybody else, I'll probably hedge my bets a little closer to the time, but, uh, right now, you know, uh, so the main framework as you imaginative it. would be the Christian framework then. Oh, as far as what it'll look like or what have you. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose like, I think it's popular culture, uh, you know, framework where you're going to go and I'll be able to chat with Einstein and, you know, I'll it. be able to talk about you know, as equations. Oh, you think Einstein has a lot of time for Bob when you get there? Well, you have all the time in the world, right? So I'm sure that he would, everybody, you know, uh, Warhol said everybody's going to get their 15 minutes of fame, right? Well, in heaven, you'll get your 15 minutes with everybody famous. Maybe. We've already introduced that time isn't linear, potentially. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that concept. Time time is... uh, you know that that gets back to the paranormal a little bit in the in I have this theory that that when people say they see ghosts and everything I don't know about the shadow people that could be part of this but when everybody see ghosts it's not that they're seeing ghosts it's they're actually seeing back in time or forward in time and because it's it's I don't know if you guys use Photoshop at all or anything like that so 
Yeah. There's layers in Photoshop, right? So right. Uh, time is like layers, and we're just moving through. Uh, we're we're moving on this layer, right? But all the other layers are still there, and I think to- I think it's thinner in some places than others. And so every once in a while, you get a glimpse of what was or what is to be potentially. Well, that brings up the whole concept too of like the other side of physical life, death, and how a lot of beliefs believe that that curtain that separates the two gets thin, you know, like the end of October, the fall. Right. Well-known time where people believe that's a thin curtain. So when this shadow came, what time of the season was it? This, well, this would have been... I guess it would have been like in June, maybe it was 2019. I'm trying to remember. Very traumatic time, so you don't you know. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was somewhere around June. Oh, I can tell you, it was it was in June, but I can't remember what day in June. Did it frighten your son? The experience? Oh yes, had? very frightened. Very okay. frightened. Right. And he was a teenager, so he wasn't like a little kid. So it wasn't right. like. He was horrified, but he certainly was like, you know, what the hell is going on? And um, it was uncomfortable. Um, And so that's why I was like, I can't say, hey, I saw the same thing. Isn't that wild? And then it would be like I had to kind of downplay it quite a bit. I have since we moved, I have told him uh, and he was a little bit mad at me. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I'm like, literally, uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, ever been through, uh, you know, something like that, but it, you're, you're trying to hold together everything, um, right. that you have any, you know, modicum of control over because you're thrust into a world of insurance companies and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, things like that. And it's not the most, um, you know comfortable for most people it's it's a you have people that that are telling you they want to help you but in reality they want to help you to the point where they don't lose any money and you're basically got nothing and you need that money and they're trying not to give you that money so it's a whole thing is there anything you personally lost in the fire that is still a painful loss in your life. Oh, well, it, it's superficial, but painful. The, the wild thing is, is that I would say, um, much like most, and I, I don't want to generalize necessarily, but much like most people, you have uh, things that you like, right? Your things. Right. right. And um, going through the experience, I don't care about things anymore because literally everything was gone. So um, the thing itself is immaterial at that point. Thankfully, I mean, other than our pets, everybody was fine. Um, But, you know, it was very traumatic in the fact that you, you put value into all these things and then they're gone. I mean, literally it, we, we happened to a little bit into it here. We went out to dinner. We came home for dinner. The house was burning down. Wow. So within the course of about 45 minutes, we went from everybody's happy and and now we're going to go get something to eat. And when we come home, I had to say, hey, that's my house on fire. Can you let me get up there? Because all the emergency services people were here. So, um, but to answer your question, it would be, I had Star Wars trading cards, so I grew up, uh, I wouldn't say we were terribly uh, wealthy at all. We were probably lower middle class. And I didn't have a lot of stuff. Um, I had a lot of hand-me-downs and so forth. And so some of the things that were only mine, mine and only mine, were these trading cards. And those were uh, lost. And I still, and I bring it up on the show with miles and he's every time I say, well, when the fire and then he gets, Oh my gosh, the fire. Got to hear about this again. But uh, that's probably one of the things that I lost that I was like, you know, I had these since I was a kid. And, um, and at the time when I got them, that was very um, special because it was something I really liked. Uh, It was something that wasn't passed through my cousins or my brother and it was just mine. And so uh, I kept them all this time, uh, 
well, up until that point. So, right. yeah. What would you say the effects of Yoda's tutelage of Luke and Empire Strike Back <laughs> affected your personal development? Um, well, I mean, it's reflected today in the cat because I, I would do if I could, I'd do a puppet. But this is easier for me to do, oddly enough, than a puppet. Uh, if I had to do a puppet, I probably would pass out with my arm above my head for the length of time we've been talking. But uh, I think uh, Yoda was great, and I totally bought into it at the time. You know, um, he was a real character, and it was fun, and it was he was funny. You know, mm-hmm. it, it really was. I thought it was the greatest thing ever in the prequels. Whenever he's jumping around fighting, uh, I think a lot of people thought that was a little overkill. But I thought. You know, hey, good for Yoda. He can, you know, this is back when he was doing stuff. Uh, and then he got older and, you know, and then he's stuck on Dagobah hiding out so he doesn't but get when, killed. But when you saw Empire Strikes Back and the mm-hmm. philosophy of the Force and, and Yoda was exemplified a little bit more, how did that impact your set of values? Oh, boy. These are tough questions, Mark. The um, I did, That's a good question. I don't know that... I was, um, I've always been, you know, kind of a, uh, a good kid, a fairly generous person. Uh, I'm a cheapskate, so Yoda didn't help me with that. But I'm always generous with my time, <laughs> uh, if not with my money. And then, um, but uh, I think it was interesting because it was certainly a good um, thing for your self-image, to believe in yourself, to know that you can do things, uh, that you can accomplish things that you wouldn't think that you could. And it's all very positive messages. And I think I took that to heart as a kid so that that way it's not, um, you know, things didn't hold me back so much going forward uh, because I've never, whenever I wanted to do something, I've never had an extreme uh, self-doubt. I don't know if Yo- I can attribute it totally to Yoda, but... There's certainly elements there in this in this in the movie that uh, point to that, uh, you know that, and you know, and even if your father's a terrible person, you can still forgive him. Yeah. So the arc of the whole story really landed with you. That whole thing that George intended with the redemption of mm-hmm. Darth Vader at the end. Yeah. Although I did freak out whenever uh, he was in the cave and then the head, you know, and it comes chops off the head and then poof, there goes the mask. And it was that, Luke. Was some, that was some heavy stuff for a little kid. Yeah. yeah. What about Luke leaving his training? And, and you know, there's Yoda saying. Well, he, he felt like he had to. His friends were his, uh, that was more important. Uh, so, and sometimes that happens. You can't, you, uh, my, uh, one of the things that my uh, children probably hate me because I have all these little like sayings that I, I kind of, uh, force fed them over time. And I'm like, you know, stick to the plan till you can't and uh, stuff like that. And so you, you make, that's what Luke did. He stuck to the plan till he couldn't. He said, I can't stick to the plan anymore. And um, I think that was, uh, you know, where he thought he needed to go and he did. And that's what happened. But I, I don't think, I don't fault him for doing that. I think that's what he felt that he had to do. I know, you know, people would say, oh, you got to keep doing it. Well, you got to stick to it until you can't. So the fire is obviously a drastic change to plan. Have you had a recent <laughs> instance where you made a personal change because you couldn't stick to the plan? <laughs> well, as I've gotten older, I have to eat better. Uh, so I, I stuck to my plan of eating terribly. Uh, for most of my life. And then they recently, I'm like, I can't do this anymore because um, it's, it's, I'm not doing it. I can't do it anymore. My body's telling me that this is not going to work anymore. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've done that. I think it's not something that many people would notice uh, per se. I mean, I didn't go, I didn't turn vegan or anything, but uh, I certainly, took stock in what I was doing and made a change, even though uh, I never would have figured I would have uh, had you asked me even two years ago, three years ago. How, how old are your children right now? Uh, my kids, uh, 21 and 24. Okay. Yeah. So do you have a 
intimate relationship with them in the sense like it's consistent or are you finding they're now off living their life and it's sort of touch and go? Well, um, I want them to live their life, but we keep in constant touch. So my daughter lives in California. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, her mom and I and her brother. So, um, we're far apart, but uh, we still keep in good contact. And I think, I would hope, I mean, they'd have to ask them that question about closeness, but I think we, we've been uh, pretty close, but I'm not, um, you know, I'm not a, an overbearing person. I want them to do what they want and live their lives and so forth and follow their dreams. Um, and so I, they're doing that. My daughter is much more independent than my son. Uh, he's still in school. Um, and she's often on her adventure. So we're there to help out. And if she wants advice, I'll certainly give it. I mean, other than my, you know, one liners, uh, uh, which I always, uh, throw out every, all the time, you know, <laughs> like stick to the plan and stick to the plan till you can't and don't force it. Uh, is another one, you know, uh, put things back in the same place so that way you'll be able to find them. I mean, so- I hate all of them. Have you a new passion that's arisen in your life as your children have moved on into their own? Um, I don't know. Probably not yet. Um, I think as soon as my uh, son gets, you know, going on whatever career he chooses or, you know, whatever he wants to do, it doesn't have to be a career, but whenever he, he is done with school and, and moving on to other things and I, I'm, I'm thinking about stuff. I'm, I'm making plans for stuff, but I haven't jumped in or anything. So, oh, we lost somebody. We lost Mark. Yeah, is there? Um, he got he got bored. He's like, I'm tired of listening to this crap. <laughs> is uh, well, he was saying that he was having internet connection issues earlier, so perhaps they finally caught up. But are you able to share some of the seeds of? thoughts you have or would you rather just keep them private for right now oh for what i'm gonna do you mean yeah oh no i don't mind yeah so i would love uh to do more so i'm doing this a little bit because uh it so the funny thing is you know um basically i've been doing static radio since before my daughter was born and it 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 kind of was my um you know uh creative outlet for a lot of years because well, I don't know. Do you have kids yourself or I have three? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they take up a lot of time, right? So, <laughs> Great I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, this all was happening, you know, late, usually late in the evening. Um, while everybody else is, you know, you get everybody taken care of when they're young and then you may have an hour or so in the evening or longer if you want to stay up and not get any sleep. And so that's all taking place during that time. And then as they've gotten older, a little more freedom for, you know, mom and dad and, and so forth. And, uh, but I'm still kind of concentrating on making sure, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 I always say I'm trying to get them through to a point, right? So for my uh, kids, some people would say, you know, you're going to get them to 18 and that's that's it. For me, I want to get them through at least their uh, first, you know, bachelor's degree. And that's my goal. And so I focus on that. And it's not that I'm pushing them or anything, but I want to be there if they need anything. So uh, I want to make sure that I'm not so booked up that if something comes up that I'm not available to uh, help out. Right. So whatever that is, I mean, it could be as simple as just, you know, driving them somewhere or making sure they get somewhere or what have you. And so I've still, I'm still in that mode for another year or so. And then uh, after that, then I'll be even more freed up, but I like to do more, uh, you know, film projects and do little videos and whatnot. This, uh, the stuff I'm doing like this interview and stuff wouldn't have happened, you know, six years ago or something because I just would not have had the, uh, I would not have wanted to book all the time or even take the time because I was, um, very much, um, uh, when I was a kid growing up, we didn't get to do a lot of things because there just wasn't a lot of money and, uh, uh, and so forth. And so I, 
want to make sure that if we can do it, we do it, you know? So uh, make myself available, make resources available. If the kids want to do something, we would always go, go do it as, as best we could. You know I mean? It's not like uh, Paris Hilton or something where they're going to jet off to, to Europe. But I mean, if they wanted to go bowling or something, we'd go bowling, you know, um, just to give you a, 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 a average Joe example uh, or go to the movies or, or do something like that. So I, I didn't want anything to be in the way. Well, earlier you said with the federal job, it, you highly recommend people go out and get a, a government job, not a federal yeah, job, a government, government job. job. So was the stability very important to you in having a family? Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. So growing up, uh, I mean, uh, my father uh, was a good provider, but he was a private sector person and he got laid off because uh, that would be like in the 60s and 70s when I, you know, in the 70s when I was younger, um, you know, he got laid. I remember him being home for a year um, because the the economy was so bad in the late uh, 70s and early 80s, right? And um, so, I mean, that kind of gets ingrained in you, especially when you're that, you know, uh, about 10 years old or whatever. And you're like, I don't want that to happen to me. Right. And so, I mean, everybody made it and everything was fine and nobody was, you know, without, uh, you know, clothes or shoes or something. But, um, you know, but it, it certainly does put you even though you don't think it impacts you at the time and maybe you don't feel that there's an impact, but it impacts you over time because then you're like, mm, what can I do to not have to be in that situation? You know? And, and that was why I said the, why I said that and why I've kind of had the path that I've had. I could have, um, you know, uh, actually a lot of friends of mine and stuff went out to California after school and, uh, but I'm like, eh, I mean, that's very iffy, right? So right. Right. Um, I had an opportunity and I took it and, uh, and you know, it's worked out pretty well. So it's not, um, you know, it's not that I don't want to take risks. It's just at that point, you know, I was like, eh, I think I'll do this, you know. Right. And no regrets. No, not at all. I mean, it's been, awesome. it's been good. I mean, I joke uh, from time to time is you know to say Jack Black has my career, <laughs> but uh, probably not. I mean, <laughs> you know, let's be honest. But I always uh, thought I could, you know, be uh, uh, an auteur kind of thing where I would act and and uh, produce and direct and all that good kind of stuff. Um, and I still get to do that in some ways. Um, but uh, not in a, you know, on, on the higher levels, although they're all on strike now. So who cares? Well, and you're not dead. So there's always potential, <laughs> you know, that's right. I, w I could have gone down that path of sex, drugs and rock and roll, but uh, <laughs> I chose government work. That, that, that could be on their poster, you know, two paths It'd be like the game of life or whatever. So go down sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Right, right, right. You know what? I haven't seen that version of the board game yet. <laughs> that might be. Oh, coming it's a new now. one. It's a new yeah, one. Yeah, that might be coming. There'll be three <laughs> paths: the college, the working, yeah, right. and the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Exactly. You just have to end up dead on that hotel in Hollywood. That's right, twenty-seven in in the legend. Right, right, right. Yeah, twenty-seven um, dead in the legend. So. We're coming towards the end here, and I'm wondering, is there anything that you'd like to mention that hasn't been touched upon? Mm, in what regard? Can you give me uh, anything? anything? I was going to ask you guys where you guys are at. It looks like you have it's a nice day behind you. I don't know if that's really yeah. your space or not. I'm guessing so it is. We're in Northern California, and See? who knows where Mark is? He's fallen off, but yeah, yeah. we're both, <laughs> we're so, both, in, Northern you're both in Northern California. Yes, sir. Um, can you give me? I mean, you don't have to tell me exactly where, but give me a. Uh, we're in Marin County, which is just. Oh, hey, you're by Lucasfilm and everything. Get out of town. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. Skywalker Ranch. Mark 
is an official Jedi. He was in, I forget cool. what yeah, movie, he, but he is on the Jedi database. You can look mm-hmm. him up. I forget his Jedi name. And also for, gosh, was it six years? He was the f- official archivist for Lucasfilm and um, Industrial Lights and Magic. So really? Anything, yeah, anything that was licensed, part of the licensing agreement was that uh, hard, you know, a real element of it. So, for instance, Legos, the mm-hmm. Death Star Legos, he would have two of those in stock at least. And he was in charge of archiving. So at any time, you know, someone could say, Hey, where's the, and he would look it up. So those star Wars cards that you lost yeah. in the fire, he had copies of those. All <laughs> he had the courage of Luke Skywalker sticker. I think that's one of the Absolutely. things that I lost. Yeah. yeah. In fact, when my son one of his birthdays um, surprises is Mark invited him and I got to accompany him and we got a tour of the Lucas Ranch and the archives and my son was gifted a few items from the archives. Wow. Yeah. It that was is very, fantastic. It was very cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. wild. I'm yeah. trying to think. I've been I haven't been to Marin County, have I? I've been up in Northern California, but I don't know that I've been there. Well it's what part of California ago. is your daughter in? Los Angeles. Is she going for a um entertainment career? No, no, but her boyfriend actually uh works works in the industry and so that's why they're over there. So oh, okay. um uh you know, but it's he's young. They're both young, so it's tough going, especially right now. So, well, yeah, aren't we all young? It's tough going. It's tough going. We're young. Um, all right. So here's our final question. Sure. This is a very important question, Bob. And so Foo Fighters or Eminem? Oh, boy. My gut instinct is to say Foo Fighters. Is that bad or is that good? There's no wrong answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I like them both, but I'll say overall, uh, I could probably name more Foo Fighters songs. So you're so more... Why. Plus, uh, I like the whole UFO angle on it. The whole what? UFO angle. Foo Fighters is a UFO, right? Free, uh, World War II, they called them Foo Fighters instead of UFOs. Oh, is that where they got the name? Yeah. Foo Fighter, yeah. Ah, you didn't know that? So the pilots in World War II, if they'd see like uh, a lot of times they would see like balls of light outside the plane uh, and during combat that weren't like shells, uh, they would follow the plane. They called them Foo Fighters. I got a Foo Fighter on my, you know, six o'clock or whatever. And uh, that's where the name. Yeah. I'm assuming that's where the name come from. You have to ask. uh you know, Dave Grohl. Dave, sure. right, right, right. <laughs> well, next time I cross paths with him, I'll yeah. Be sure. When you're hanging out, yeah, because you, exactly. you took the sex, drugs, and rock and roll path, you'll uh, right. You're bound right. to run into him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Bob, I really thank you for your time, for your imagery, and um, you know, wish you all the best. Yeah, you guys too, and tell Mark, uh, hey, and. I'm. Uh, I don't. I didn't ask what you did, Greg, but maybe you do something as incredibly impressive uh, as Mark did. I don't know. I don't have anything as impressive of that. Oh, okay. How, how can you pop Jedi Knight? Come on. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's what I was going to say, but I don't want to put. You know, I don't want to make you feel bad or anything. No. You can see I was Yoda's hairdresser. I don't know. That'd be a good one. I was a Darth. Like, isn't Darth the beginning of some shadow? Jedi, like Darth, it, well, Darth Vader and Darth, Darth Maul, Vader. Darth Sidious. Yeah, Darth all the Darths. Right, right. So I was Darth Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Darth Greg. Yep, yep. The insidious Darth Greg. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all the best to you and your family. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. All right. Recording stopped.